0: Unexplained phenomena
1: Unknown entities Unidentified flying objects Mythical creatures This is the Paranormal Pulse
0: information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to
1: suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, welcome to the Paranormal Pulse. I'm your host, Lance Hope, and with me as always is my co-host, Chris Bruno.
0: Hey. How are (laughs) you? I'm well. What a beautiful weekend we had, huh? Um, gorgeous a, days, gorgeous days. Absolutely. A little hot for some people, but still beautiful in New Jersey.
1: A little hot for uh, me. I can't, I you know. It's sad. not going
0: to get better this week. It's going to be hot this week, too. Yeah, but it's going to
1: rain all week, so. I heard like 83 for Wednesday. That's fine. <laughs> it,
0: it, Let's just mark this as the fact that 83 on Wednesday is barely mid-May, so it's it's a little warm for May. Anyway, any tempi- other than that, any enjoying the over- weather. I'm not going to complain about the heat right now. I, I, I won't do that until August. I will. I prefer uh, the snow.
1: I, anything <laughs> over, like, 70 degrees is too much for me. <laughs> Don't like well, it. you
0: can never move down south, then, ever, ever.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know. I know. So... <laughs>
0: All right, so it's episode 27 of the Paranormal Pulse podcast. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you. So excited. Um, yes, we had a beautiful weekend. Definitely uh, soaking in the vitamin, uh, producing the vitamin D, soaking in the sun, having a great time. And I understand that not so long ago, that last weekend, you were up in Lake George for another um, paranormal convention. Yeah. Lots of great guys and gals. And... um you, you met somebody very cool there. We also have a couple of very interesting events happening in the paranormal celebrity world. We can talk about that later. And lastly, we've got our music segment that we want to start. I would love to get it going. I kind of have some names not sure what I'm doing yet with it. Maybe by the end of the show, I'll decide, or maybe we'll just call on you guys to help us out again, get some more ideas on what we should name the segment. Regardless, we're going to do something fun. Uh, so let's start. What do you think,
1: Lance? Well, we attended the Preserving the Haunt Parahistory Con 2 in Lake George, beautiful Lake George, New York. Beautiful Lake George. And it was, it was kind of a rough weekend weather-wise. It, it didn't know if it wanted to rain or not, but... Uh we did get out on the wake a little bit on Friday. It was beautiful. I you know, it was that was a great day. And uh sadly was the main day of the of the convention. And just like every convention we go to, there were a lot of uh stars there, you know, uh, from the paranormal community and some from the non paranormal community. I don't know. But they Just were... general public walking around. Or... No, no, no. What I mean, what I mean is, there were other television people there who weren't necessarily paranormal, so to speak. Were they really more like sci-fi type things? Yeah, you know, or... yeah, sort of. And and I'll tell you who they were. Actually, they were the uh, cast from uh, Science Channel's Oddities. I don't oh, know. I love them. Got to meet those guys. That's
0: uh, right. You told me you were going to see them and meet them, and I was incredibly jealous. I still am. I love those guys. Yeah,
1: got pictures with they all great, of them. Great stuff. Their their table was really freaky because their table was was kind of cool. It had all these things that they had for sale. If you wanted a human rib bone, they had them for sale. They had a whole set of hand bones for sale. They, so had, they just go
0: through their figure oh, out uh, inventory. All right, what's well, going to travel without breaking?
1: Well, that was the a lot of it wasn't the fact that it wasn't breaking. Like they they did a they did a lecture, and I wasn't at that lecture, but I I caught them as they as they were leaving the room. They had you know cases of stuff with them, and yeah. I was going into because the the ghost hunters panel was following next, and on the ghost hunters panel was Rosu Bone from uh, Ghost Hunters Academy, Joe Chin from Ghost Hunters and Mm -hmm. Jane Riley from Ghost Hunters Academy and when they walked in they were sitting down they were like what is all this stuff on the table and what it was (laughs) it was little bits and pieces of bone that had broken off from everything that was shown by the oddities people so
0: (laughs) that's great yeah absolutely (laughs) that's dead bodies in front of you just tell little bits know? Of dead know, and let me
1: tell you, if I would have brought more money with me, I would have came home with a human skull. They had a human skull that was just beautiful in my eyes. I, I was like, you know, I'm, skulls in my. Was thing. it and like I was
0: bleached like, or uh... no?
1: It was kind of in its raw state. It was, it was, you know, it was kind of yellowy and, you know. And Need some answer, uh, but something, it, but it was expensive, it was like 435 bucks. And I was like, Well,
0: it's hmm. a human skull,
1: dude. Well, I know, and the thing about <laughs> it, you're not allowed is, to have them. <laughs> and the thing about it is, you don't know whose skull it was. It's like, is that, Could that be some real bad karma there? I don't know, but I really wanted it. But
0: no idea, don't know how it died, don't know no. who
1: it was, no. You know, no
0: bad energy left over in the bone. I, I'm not. I, I get it, and I I collect skeleton type
1: stuff, but not real ones. Right, and, and it's funny because I was talking to Ryan Matthew, and I, I was basically, I had asked if there was anything that was even too weird for them to take in, <laughs> and and they, and they, uh, they were, I
0: can't possibly believe that there is.
1: No, and that's the whole thing. They were like, no, not really, and I, I was like, well, has anything ever really shocked you? And they're like, no. They're so desensitized to it all. It's, oh, you know, I, can,
0: I can imagine. Listen, they, they have jars full of baculums. Oh, I know. They'll it's, take whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. You <know. laughs>
0: If you don't know what a baculum is, you need to go Google it because that will make you giggle. Yes, they have them. Um, but they're great. I love them. Awesome people.
1: Yeah, they, they were really nice. I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them uh, because I caught them literally the, the the convention was ending at six o'clock i literally caught them at like five forty-five when they were getting packing up and whatnot but they were really nice they did answer but stay with me for about five minutes and so as answering some questions i would have liked to have asked more but there were other people right. i had to try and catch up with uh i was trying to catch amy allen from the dead files uh, uh, yes i knew she was going to be because i had missed her all day because we with different conferences We we actually attended a lot more lectures this time um, But I spent a lot of time with some of the celebrities Who I hadn't really spent a lot of time with prior So I wanted to catch up with her And I for some reason throughout the day I kept missing her Or she was speaking And you know we were at a different conference or whatever I finally caught her literally at 6 o'clock When she was on her way out And she was gracious enough to, Took a, a photo And I gotta tell you, she looked great She had her hair dyed partially blonde and I always got and probably because TV, you know, makes people look differently. I always thought she was going to be, and I guess it's going to sound bad because you judge people, but I always thought she was going to be a bigger girl. She's not. She's actually very thin. I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah, well, you know what it is, and she has a full face. She
1: has the the, the cheeks. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: And so, it, you know, people just assume, but and that's not necessarily the case. She can have a round-shaped face
1: and still Yeah, be and skinny. she's also very tall. One of the things that I, I didn't... That I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, she's, she's actually as tall as I am. Um, now, my, Really? She, you know, what I didn't okay. notice if she was wearing heels or not, but she was as tall as I am in the photos. You know, and I'm six foot. Now, the funny thing is, though, um, the big thing about me and Jen were we wanted to see if when she was speaking... If she made those same kind of strange faces that she makes on the show,
0: <laughs> right? And does she? Yes, she, she does. Seems that's, very that's, expressive.
1: That's very normal for her. We were watching it. That's not made up. When she was just talking yeah. to people,
0: those are just her mannerisms.
1: Yes, yes. Those good. those are her real face. You know, obviously the eyes didn't bug out like she does when she's you know get you know getting one <laughs> of those strongly, out, yeah. right. But no, but you can see <laughs> she's good. She has a very expressive face. You know,
0: and that just shows you that it's not acting on TV. It is really
1: right and expressions. And now, who I did get to spend. A little bit of time with was Steve DeShave, um, also from the Dead Files. What yes. I found, what I found interesting is, is they really don't interact. Um, just like they don't really interact on in the show, they were on opposite sides of the room. They both had their own tables, and when they did their lecture segment, he did the first half of it, left, and then she came to the second half. So. I'm
0: not going to speculate. There's personality conflicts. No, or I don't. Anything. I don't think. I don't think I'm, so. I don't think so at but all. But I wonder because, if they were just employed by the station. We're going to do this. We need the best of those guys. No, no, you're perfect. No, I
1: don't get that impression at all. But I think the reason mm-hmm. why they did that is because they wanted his perspective without her there, just like it is on the show. Yeah, and that's why they that's did the conf- idea That's too. why they did the conference that way because he came did his question and answer segment and then she did hers. You know, right. and basically, you know, but he, he you know, he was very friendly. Like when I was talking to him, first of all, we're both New York guys. And when he was a New York City detective, he was stationed a lot in Brooklyn. So we actually, the way I approached him was, was, hey, where are you stationed in Brooklyn? I'm from Brooklyn. And then we just hit off. And it turns out we have mutual, uh, not mutual friends, but we have friends who went to the same schools and whatnot. So we actually had a nice long conversation just about Brooklyn before we even got into any of the paranormal or anything like that you know and was <laughs> good though yeah, you know, we're, and then, we're
0: all people you're just connecting with them as a person yeah it
1: was great you know he was very he was great I, I had a good time hanging with him um as always we got to see Brian Kano and Christopher of Mancuso course.
0: he's probably like hey Lance what's going on yeah you know it's great <laughs> and then I
1: you know th- then Tim Dennis is there from Darkness Radio and he immediately recognized me which was great because got to hang out with him a little bit again and then Dave Schrader and um, there is, gentleman's name is Dr. Spector. He's from mm-hmm. Taps Power Magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because when I walked in, he was at a table to the right and Dave Schrader was at, Dave looks, at, looks at him, looks at me and looks at him. He goes, Hey, look, you guys could be twins. Sure enough. I
0: remember, yeah, seeing the picture and you guys could be twins. <laughs> so yeah. So, so you certainly could they,
1: be, you know, so later on, um, um, Dr. Spector, um, who's an actual real life doctor, by the way, he writes for Taps Power magazine, but uh, we took a picture together. He looks he goes, let me see your cell phone. I I showed him the picture. He goes, come on. He goes, you got to take one with my phone. And he had Jen take one of us because we looked so much alike. (laughs) He was kind of, kind of freaky, but he was a really nice guy. Talked to him about some of the stuff with the magazine and whatnot. Uh, Of course, got to talk to Joe Chin again. Joe, Joe Chin is really funny. Um, He's, he's obviously not ashamed of his Asian heritage, and he likes to play off of it. He was signing packets of ramen noodles. He was autographing them, which <laughs> I thought was I thought that was
0: that's great, absolutely hysterical.
1: <laughs> you know, um, I I got to see him speak on, on a conf, on a lecture. It was him. Like I said, it was the Ghost Hunters uh, lecture, and it was Rosalind Bone, uh, Joe Chin, and Jane Riley. And I had never met Rosalind before and I, I actually because I'll be honest, I never really watched Ghost Hunters Academy. It just for some reason it didn't appeal to me when it was on. You, um, you see it as a
0: spin-off. Uh, I mean I mean that's how I, I see just, it. It's a spin off. Yeah, I,
1: I just I just wasn't into the whole concept of it. But yeah. after he, it was very really funny because when I walked in, I, I went I wanted to meet uh Ben Hanson from a, uh Ben Han- Han- yeah, Hansen from a Paranormal uh Files Factor Faked. Fact. Mm-hmm. And she happened to be at the table with him, and I didn't know who she was at that point. So I start talking to Ben, and she starts talking to us, and it was very friendly back and forth. And I took a picture with Ben Hanson, and Jesus Christ, when I, when I put this picture up, he's got to be eight inches taller than I am. He's got to be like six foot eight, six foot nine. He wow. is tall, and that took me totally <laughs> by surprise. Of course, he fell in love with my—I had a, a a Ghostbusters shirt. It's kind of a unique shirt. It's for the Vinkman Paranormal Studies. It's, it's a kind of cool shirt. It was on. It was one of those shirts from one of those sites. Like,
0: shock therapy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It had the, it had the shock it. buzzer on it. Yeah. So, with that being said, he starts to talk to me about, of course, Ghostbusters. We drift into Star Wars. We started talking about everything but paranormal, you know? Sure. But I went to his. I, well, went to, you I know, went, yeah, everybody's No.
0: Everybody's interested in a varied. Thing. But I felt bad. I felt
1: bad because Rosalind was was also speaking to us. And I didn't know who she was, honestly, at that point. But I was very, you know, we were friendly back and forth talking. And then later, when I got to hear her speak at that uh, Ghost Hunters uh, lecture, she was fantastic. I I was blown away at A, how knowledgeable she was, but just how, like, there are people who get up there and they speak, and you kind of sit there and take what they're saying with a grain of salt because Mm -hmm. you're like, well, they don't have, you know, they're very. I don't want to say I don't want to use the wrong word, but but she's very, very open to different ideas. People were asking the question and answer segments. And she was like, there was one one question that somebody uh, posed. And she was like, she was like, truthfully, she goes, I don't know. She goes, that's something I'd really have to think about. And she was like, she goes, I'd love to think about it. Sh- and and give me your email and I'll get back to you. You know, oh, cool. she didn't have an, an answer at that moment, but she really wanted but to. She think wanted it to answer. Yes. It, yeah. Yes. And. Very friendly, very friendly. And she was just so knowledgeable. I was, you know, really taken back by, it, like, how much knowledge she had. And also, to like, the kind of work she does with, um, she does a lot of client cases, you know, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And she's very active in, in the community. And she's down in South Jersey, which I didn't know. Uh, but she was great. Then there was a, then there was a um, lecture on the state of the, para- or, or the history of the paranormal. Slash right. State of the Paranormal, and that had Marley Gibson, uh, Patrick Burns, uh, Doctor Spectre, and Jason Wazley from Ghost Adventures. And of course, I got to hang out with Jason Wosley again. Uh, Jay Wosley's great. Uh, he was talking about you know outside the lecture, we were talking about the new um, the new uh, what you call it aftershock series that Zach Baggins has. Yes, when, and we were talking about the Catacombs of Paris because he was on that with <laughs> Zach. Cool. Yeah, and he, you know, he gave me a lot of kind of backstory on that. And it was really, really incredible to hear, like, you know. Uh, to
0: have that kind of opportunity to begin with is just incredible on its own.
1: Yeah, but the thing. You know, exactly. to be able to
0: go to in, and explore the catacombs in Paris. Exactly. And get paid to do it. Are you well, kidding and the thing, me? And the
1: thing is, the thing is, it's illegal to go down there. So they went down there illegally. Um, for the people who haven't seen it yet, they go down there illegally. And it is illegal to go down there. And Well, it's unsafe. Well, there's a lot of reasons why it's, you Mm -hmm. know, they had cameras stolen from them that they had mounted on the walls. Um, uh, You know, But like you said, it also goes on for miles and you can get lost. But the biggest thing is he was saying, he goes, he doesn't even know if they're allowed to go back to Paris now because now it's been made public that they broke in basically and went (laughs) went down there. Yeah,
0: they're not going to trust him now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he's like, I don't even know if we could ever get back there, you know, as far as if we're going to be arrested or not. Uh, but he told me, I mean, it was a lot of cool stuff like, you know, that that went on with that. And that was great. You know, the background information. That's I, I always encourage like people, if you get a chance, go to some of these. I know they're they're a little pricey, you know, tickets are like fifty dollars for the day. But you get to meet. But it someone. can be
0: worth it if you're a fan of the show.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, you get a lot of backstory that these people you'll never hear unless you get to talk to them and get them to open up. It's you true. know, but on the panel, that was really cool because they, you know, um, everybody on that panel has been on TV that was, you know, there. Um, right. And what they the biggest thing that came out of that for me was the fact that the Ghost Adventures show literally they do what they want, they don't have to answer to the network like a lot of the other shows. And now, Patrick, uh, you know, Patrick Burns, who was on um, Haunted Evidence, and also, you know, he was a judge on Paranormal Challenge and whatnot. He was talking about he didn't have that luxury. In his three seasons on Haunted Evidence, the networks were down his throat constantly. Ugh. And he was like, he goes, that he goes, it's so rare that the guys from Ghost Adventures have that opportunity to basically go where they want, do what they want, produce it the way they want. He said, that just doesn't happen on other shows, you know, other than maybe yeah. Ghost Hunters. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's amazing. That's why they go, that's, I think, that's why those two shows are going so long because they they, it doesn't come off, the same as some of the other shows because they don't have that network interference, you know?
0: Right. It's so much better to have them be able to to manage and produce their own stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Absolutely. And then of course I got to hang out with Patrick Burns again. He's awesome. Every time I've hung out with him, I have had a great time. Same thing with Marley Gibson. Um had some real great conversations with Patrick this time around. Um, I always have, but this spent a lot more time with him this time. Mm-hmm. Um and then I got to meet someone who I really respect in the field, um, Joshua P. Warren, who is mm-hmm. he's the host of Speaking of, of Strange. Um, he was also on that short-lived show, Paranormal Paparazzi. But be, besides that, he's also written some of the best books on ghost hunting. If you're a new ghost hunter, his main book on ghost hunting is the one that I always recommend to people because besides going into the basics of ghost hunting, it really goes into the science behind it and then also goes into the the not so scientific but some of the legend and lore behind things. So he really touches it from all sides. And I really feel that's that he, great. Yeah, and I've always felt that his book was the most thorough book on the subject. But it was great cuz like, I really hit it off with him and I sat there and I spoke to him for about a half hour. And at at the end of it he said, you know, he had asked if I was going on the ghost hunt of Fort William Henry, but I I didn't do that because we had already investigated it with a private group a few years back, you know, going back to 2007. So I didn't want to do it again. I should, maybe I should have, I don't know. But the great thing about it was we hit it off so well. He had a whole bunch of products for sale and he had this experimental product. I don't really want to talk about what it is quite yet, but yeah. at the end of it, at the end of it, he handed me one and said, "Here, take this for free." He goes, "Try it out. Let me know what you think." So That's awesome. Like, yeah, I was really blown away with that. I was like, "That's really cool." Because he was trying, I mean, he was selling; they weren't expensive. They're like twenty. Well, I mean, they could be. I mean, it depends on what your price range. Of, but he was selling these things for twenty dollars at a shot. And he handed it to me. He was like, "Here, take him, take him home. Try." He goes, "He goes. I guarantee it's going to work." So I was like, "All right, you know, I'll give it a shot and I'll get back to you on it." I was really appreciative of that. But he was also telling me about um, he, sl- he started a research facility down in Puerto Rico where he spends about six months a year doing research on the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And what I found really interesting, he was telling me about an experiment they're doing, which is um, using equipment at zero, at zero G, meaning it's zero, okay. at zero gravity. Right. And he said, because a lot of equipment is affected by gravity. Now, here's the, here's the issue with that. How do you get zero G by dropping things? Yeah. So how do you drop a device and not <laughs> have it smash and get your readings. And that's what they're working on because they found some interesting readings that happen at zero G. So wow. he, said, he said this is going to be a long this is not going to be a short term research project. This is a long term thing. He said right. just developing the equipment to drop stuff safely, you know, and then also be able to monitor the results. You know, it's, it's going to be a big task. But it was interesting. You know, it's something that I've never heard of ever talked about before. And that was kind of cool to see. And anybody who's seen him, yeah. Mike, he, he, he had mentioned something that kind of took me... It actually didn't take me by surprise. I kind of expected it, but didn't. Um, he was also a judge uh, several times on Paranormal Challenge. And he was explaining to me that, you know, they would bring teams in and they wouldn't tell them how to use the equipment. They'd give them all the equipment and just set them loose. And he said what blew him away was out of all the times he was a judge, not one group that went in there took baseline readings in any of the locations he said and then they're running around with equipment and they're getting hits on it and he they said they don't
0: know where it's coming from
1: exactly and that was his point he goes he goes you just can't believe he goes these are groups that are really in most cases they were experienced groups he said and he just couldn't believe how no one was taking baseline readings
0: it's ridiculous that they don't do that
1: i mean <laughs> and, he, and he said, <laughs> any he,
0: science project
1: you have to have a control exactly and that's and that was his. and they point. don't have
0: a control if they're not taking baseline readings. It's, it's ba- very basic, you know, method, scientific method. And we learn that stuff in science class in like second grade.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and that was and that this was is
0: common sense kind of thing that you're trained into and, and we should know this by now
1: yeah and that was you know and that was his point you know
0: very frustrating to see that He'll, oh we got oh you sure it's not wires oh it's not wires we looked around you didn't take any readings how do you know
1: yeah e- exactly you know and then wh- why don't we take a little break here and then we'll come back oh, probably and talk. A good idea. yeah we'll come back and talk a little bit more i got to meet Christopher Quarantino, a.k.a. Christopher Lutz from the Amityville Horror House. He was the youngest son. And yeah, he,
0: I'm interested to hear what um, yeah. what that conversation led to. Uh, I, anyway, it's episode 27 of the Paranormal Pulse podcast.
1: We've come to the time of the show we with hosts need to refill their your coffee mugs. So please listen to so the calling, calling messages. And we assure you, you the Paranormal Pulse will be right back. Right back.
0: Just relax. We are now checking your Paranormal Pulse.
1: Wide awake, and with coffee in hand. Your host have returned to bring you more of this stuff. Without further ado, welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse.
0: Welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse podcast. I'm Chris Bruno. That's Lance Phillip. We've been talking to Lance. He went up to lake george a couple weekends ago for what was the name of that it was convention?
1: the uh, it was the parahistory con 2 preserving history con 2 preserving, con 2. preserving and, the haunt
0: <laughs> and and it's absolutely beautiful up in lake george definitely worth the money to take yourself a little mini vacation enjoy everything that lake george has to offer and then at the same time Go to this convention and listen to the speakers and meet all kinds of people, which we were just talking about briefly before the break. Lance, you met Christopher Lutz.
1: Yes. We know that wasn't
0: his original last name, but everybody knows him as Christopher Lutz and the Amityville
1: horror fame. Yes, he's he's the youngest son who was in the house. Um, Obviously, the older son was Danny, who was in that documentary we mm-hmm.
0: um, what episode was that? I should have looked
1: that up. I don't know. We it was talked a f- about it was a that. Few back. We did. We talked about the documentary that had Danny Lutz, and you know, yeah. Danny's this rough, tough New York guy, and he comes off like let's face it, like a like a New York wise guy, tough guy. You know, he had
0: a rough life, and yeah. he's rough around well, the edges,
1: real rough around. His brother is just the opposite. His brother is soft spoken, really doesn't have the big New York accent. Um, just a totally different person. And totally has a different story than his brother. They, yeah. don't, they don't speak at all. Um, he sees the whole thing from a different perspective. I sat there and listened to him lecture for a little bit more than an hour. And it was moderated by Dave Schrader. And it was really good. He explained a lot. And I'll get into some of it. And then I got well, to speak to him privately after the fact. And just so people know, my wife, Jen, she is a recruiter. Uh, by trade. She's a right. resource recruiter for a large uh, corporation. And literally, she interviews three to five people a day every day of the week. This is what she does. She's great at reading people. She knows body right. language. She knows uh, mannerisms. I mean, she, she can tell you, you know, after a while, it's it's almost like she could just read a person by looking at them. And I'm going to tell you I was very moved by listening to Christopher speak. Really? Yes. I I absolutely, after finding out what he had to say and how emotional he got, especially in talking about his mother and the events after they moved out of the house. Right. um, I I honestly, I believe him. Now, he also explains that some of the things that were there were greatly exaggerated. Like the red room under the stairs, but what he said was it was really just a red cupboard under the stairs, right? You know, um, it was no room, right? Exactly, it was like and, a yeah. Closet. I mean, and there were things that he explained, but you know, like some of the things he went into, like some of the people have tried to debunk it over the years by saying, "Well, George Lutz moved the family out because he knew that he was being foreclosed on," but what Christopher had explained was that his mother had sold. A house that was left to her, um, I forget, by, by I think her grandfather, and that uh, George had sold a house. So they had the money from two homes in the bank when they bought this house. Right. And also think about this. You, have you ever heard of anybody being foreclosed on in only 28 days? No, because that's all they were in the house. Was twenty eight no, days. No, you be late
0: for three months or longer. <laughs> exactly. So that
1: so that story doesn't make sense, especially after he talked about openly about their financial state. You right. know, he said so. That was one of the things where people have tried to debunk it, but it was just a lot of things. Like he talked about, um, and this is going to come out. He's actually finally putting out a book. He has never really spoken about it publicly until very recently. He let his brother do the documentary, and. I got to talk to him about that. And I asked him about, um, what did you think of the documentary your brother was in? And he basically said, he goes, well, you know, he goes, we have a different story. And I said to him, I was like, well, they didn't paint. He was being nice about it. And I said to him, I was like, well, they didn't paint your brother in a nice light. He said, no, my brother painted himself like that. He goes. He's
0: correct. They didn't do that to him. He just behaved the way he behaved. Well,
1: also, too, I found out. Basically, that document. they didn't go to him and say, do you want to film a documentary? He went and got a producer and said, I want a documentary about me, basically. Yes. Yes. And he he even said that
0: was, in the documentary. He wanted to get his side of the story
1: out. Right. But what had happened was at he some point, because, because, because uh, Danny and Christopher do not speak, Dan, Danny's um, producer called Christopher and said, you know, would you like to tell your story? And he said, well, why are you calling me and not my brother? Right. And he put his. He said, well, he's here. He goes, well, I'd like to talk to him. So uh, the the producer turned to Danny and said, I have your brother on the phone. Say hello, Danny. So Danny, and I'm using Christopher's uh, words, he said, my brother was a wise ass about it and turned around and said, hi, Danny. He goes, at that point, he goes, I was so pissed off. He goes, the fact that he had a producer call me and then he couldn't even say, well, he had to be a wise ass about it. He goes, I told him, no, I want nothing to do with this. You know, even the way he portrayed himself in that is not really he goes how the guy really is you know so it's really (laughs) it's really interesting you have two brothers who were there same events telling it differently now christopher was was the younger brother he was very young at the time i believe he was nine or ten years old so obviously truly
0: this whole this whole shendig this whole event only happened less than a month
1: well Yes. So in, it was in, almost
0: kind of a drop in the bucket, too, although it was so, well, supposedly here, well, here, so shocking. Here, well,
1: here's the thing. He said there were events, there were things that happened in that house. He said, but mm-hmm. he feels that a lot of them were brought on by his stepfather, George. He mm-hmm. said because George Lutz was into a lot of the dark arts, so to speak.
0: Right. And they they speculated on that during the, uh, the other documentary now, as well. Yes.
1: And now he said he wouldn't talk about who his stepdad was trying to summon all he would say it was the darkest person you can think of so Mm -hmm. he wouldn't say he wouldn't come out and now my my opinion if you if and again this is my opinion he did not say this he just said it was the darkest person you could think of and in my opinion that would have to be satan right but again that's my thinking of it so he said obviously you know with the events that happened with all he goes if you're bringing in negative type of dark entities things are going to happen right and he said there was a lot of that that went on he he said his his stepdad was really in it for the power yeah he was you yeah. know it wasn't there's about a lot of the people money. like that right
0: Just real quick, we're Mm -hmm. talking about Christopher Lutz. Uh, This is uh, one of the sons that lived through the Amityville horror experience. We were talking about Christopher Lutz's point of view as opposed to his brother, Daniel Lutz, who did a documentary in 2012 called My Amityville Horror. Now, Lucky for us, Lance got to speak to Christopher up in Lake George a couple of weekends ago, and that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and
1: I, re- I really felt honored because he doesn't make a lot of public appearances. Very few he's made over the years. And the reason why he's finally coming out with his story is because he actually got a call. They're putting out a new Amityville horror movie in 2015. Oh, come on. And Who's,
0: what, who's getting the proceeds from that?
1: I don't know, but what happened was they mm, called him.
0: Probably Daniel.
1: Well, no, it's, it's 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 one of the big movie companies, but they called him to be a consultant on it. Um, oh, interesting! And he started talking to the producers, and they basically told him, "Well, in in this story, we're we're reimagining it, and we have you killing your we're step- creating fiction." <laughs> yes, and 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 they said they had they said we have your ca- the person who's supposed to be your character killing your stepdad. And he was like, "I want no part of that." He goes, "That didn't happen,
0: yeah, so they're not doing a, a movie ba- that is extremely loosely based on it. They might as well name it something else and keep amityville exactly out of
1: it. so he finally decided you know his mom's passed away now, so he doesn't have to protect his mom because for years right. he was taking he was living with his mother, taking care of her in Arizona mm-hmm. um and He didn't talk about it for years, too, because when he was in school, he was getting abused because eventually people found out, even though he was going by his real name, not Christopher Lutz, people Mm -hmm. eventually found out, you know, kids eventually found out who he was, and kids are cruel, and of course, he was getting picked on in school, so his mother basically swore him, never speak about it. And he really didn't. For years, he didn't speak about it because he was afraid of the backlash he would get. But now he's ready to come out because his mother's passed away, He does not protect her anymore. And also because he wanted, he wanted his brother to tell his story and all the other stories to come out first. And he wanted to be the last one because he feels that his recollection is much different, you know. Now, yeah. the reason why I brought up Jen before, which, the way Jen reads people, Jen was so moved by him that when we got to meet him privately afterwards, we were speaking to him and Jen was almost in tears by his story and I actually asked him, can, wow. I have a, can I have a hug? And she wound up hugging him. And like just holding him for a second because she, she was so moved by what he had to say. And I got to be honest, after I heard him speak and he at one point in in the lecture, he almost broke down and started crying when he was talking about his mother. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was, How long
0: ago was it that she passed?
1: I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know how long ago. I don't think it was very long ago, but um, yeah, that would know, be hard to talk. Yeah. About he, and he talked about there were certain things, too, like they had asked him about his family. And he refused. He said, I'm not. He goes, things I won't talk about. He goes, I won't talk about my mom and I won't talk about my sister. He said, you know, as far as the events that happened after the fact. um, And the thing was, is that he said, said, you know, people have moved into the house since and haven't had things happen. And people are like automatically saying, well, see, nothing's happening there. But he was like, no, it wasn't with the house. It was with the family, he said, because dark events continued to follow them even after they left the house. And that, mm-hmm. and that part of it's never been told. And that's why he wants to tell it, because it's not just the tale of when they were in the house. It's the years that followed. Other things happened to them. And he said this was never right. brought to light because people just wanted to make it about the house. So that's yeah. the other reason why he wants to get that part of the story out. So and all the troubles they went through after and how a family wound up breaking apart because of it. You know yeah so it it's you know his book's coming out about the same time as the movie, which is supposed to be January, I believe he's going to email us to let us know when the book will be available, kind like of oh, cool. like a kind of like a pre sale to when it goes public, right you know for the people who were there, so it's kind of cool, yeah, that's very cool, yeah, so it it was, so like I said, I was very moved by him where when I watched now now obviously I didn't meet his brother, but I saw the documentary and Although I believe some of what his brother had to say. We had talked about this in the show, too. Yeah, I don't there remember
0: was, which episode it was. It was a yeah, while back. But, but, but my was, Amityville horror is um, from 2012, Danny Lutz's uh, version of what happened. It's his his take on it. And, yeah, when we talked about it after we both watched that, yeah, we if both. you have any people skills or people watching skills whatsoever, you could really gather a lot just from his mannerisms and the way that he spoke and the way that he... I beg your pardon, but backpedaled on some of what he was saying, Um, not saying he's not a good person, certainly would never slander anybody. But the way he portrayed himself on camera and they didn't do that. his brother's right. He did that. Right. Um, That's where you could take in that he was kind of almost a little shifty or unbalanced. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just angry, very angry. I don't know. That's my perspective on things. Guarded, you know, the whole nine. Just not recollecting correctly, or something. Who knows what's wrong with that guy?
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Uh, you be your own judge. He put it out to the public. Yeah, we can abso- abso- say absolutely. Say whatever
1: you want. One last thing on the, on this particular uh, conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've attended a bunch of these things. I was really happy to say this was one of the most well organized paranormal conferences I've been to. It, it's when it comes around next year, um, John Tobin, him and his group organize this thing, and let me tell you. It was one of the most well organized events I've seen. And you know, the pricing the pricing was fair. It was forty dollars a ticket. So yeah, the pricing was very fair. Better. Uh they had a lot of celebrities. The the room was laid out well. You weren't uh too some of the conferences I've been to, the rooms have been overcrowded. So when you're walking by people, it's so tight. This one right. wasn't. This one wasn't. The vendors were great. Uh the celebrities were really good. I mean, they had a they had a lot of people there. Um, you know. Uh, and then what they did was they actually had a great itinerary with the lectures. They gave you a schedule out in the morning. And unfortunately the only thing I don't like that they did, but what they do is they kind of make you pick and choose your conferences because they have two lecture rooms and sometimes some of the confer- some of the lectures you want to listen to are going on at the same time so you got to pick one over yeah. the other, you know. Um, one of the one of the great ones was uh Ben Han- Ben Hansen's uh UFO lecture. He he he, he Went over some really cool stuff and, and I like the guy a lot. I mean I love the show. You know, Factor Fake was one of my favorite shows to begin with. Yeah. But you know, the fact that he was an FBI, he, he was he worked for the FBI. Um he has he brings a lot of credibility and he's also very well thought out and, and just some of the stuff he did was really mind blowing. But unfortunately his video, he had a lot of technical problems with his getting his video to work. I felt oh, bad. Oh, that's I felt, too bad. Yeah, I felt bad for him. But you know, but it, but speaking wise, he was great. You know, just he, a lot. Of, there was some lag with his computer, and like he was trying to talk about things, and they couldn't get it to line up. And you know, I felt I, when, when stuff doesn't work, that just annoys me. It's not, and it's not his fault. You know, obviously we, all, we right. all had, yeah, we all have computer issues, but
0: it, you know, it happens. It is yeah, what absolutely. it is. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's nice to be able to go there and spend very little and have a great time and see mm-hmm. uh, some some really interesting people. So, uh, very cool. And very, also, very what, cool.
1: what I found about this event is sometimes when you go to some of these events, the vendors will raise their prices. None, mm-hmm. of, the, none of the vendors really had high prices, you know, which I thought was really good. They, they kept it to what they were selling it online or in the stores, which was nice, you know. Yeah. And they had the ghost hunt of Fort William Henry which if you've never been to Fort William Henry it's the rebuilt fort from the French and Indian War that if anybody's seen the movie The Last of the Mohicans it, it takes place oh, yeah. around that Great fort movie. right absolutely you know and it started Friday night they had the VIP party then uh, they had the conference on on Saturday uh with the with the ghost hunt at night and then on Sunday they had a film festival uh, I skipped the film festival. We, I was no had no interest in the film festival. I'll be honest. Some people, you know, did, but I, I was out of there. I was like, "That's it. I'm gone." You know, we headed back to Jersey, but it was a great time. Gotcha. It was a great time. Good,
0: good, good, good. All right, so
1: let's take another break. All right, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Stay right here because we'll be back with more of the Paranormal Pulse after these messages.
0: Take a deep breath and relax as we check your paranormal pulse. Resistance is futile. You
1: will be assimilated. Now back to the Paranormal Pulse. Welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse podcast. This is episode 27. We just want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Woohoo! All right, so Chris, so,
0: you, you've got celebrity news going on. You, I, I know that EKG, our East Coast ghost, it's East Coast with a K G, <laughs> is on um, on Facebook, and uh, you've gotten some some interesting stories going on in celebrity ghost hunting news. Um, ghost hunter, ghost adventurers, Zach Baggins, one of our faves because Zach is just so animated and fun to watch. Um, Ghost Hunters host Zach Baggins is being sued for $300,000. This is per the examiner at examiner.com, just so you know the source. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and and uh, I'm assuming that you've gotten a lot more information out of this. I see, uh, let's just see. Very quickly, He's he had to go to the court on May 2nd and allegedly owes More than $300,000 to the Abrams Artists Agency. That's his his agent. Um, I don't know. I read through this article. I'm on Zach's side. Well, the thing
1: is, you know, all right. In in the article,
0: the... (laughs) If the contract was... Basically, they're saying in here, amongst the uh, things that happened, at one point, the contract was eliminated. And therefore, why would he owe them anything?
1: Well, that's the whole thing. What they're contending is that, well, they had a deal with Zach um, in place, but it was an oral contract. and (laughs) Nothing in writing, man. Prove it. Right. And what they're claiming (laughs) is that he owes them uh, $305,000. Wow. Wow. and they had an oral they agreement. going
0: under or something. I thought Abrams was a big agency. Well, what it is, they, I'd they, like to be represented yeah, well, by Abrams. <laughs> they had they
1: had a, they had an oral agreement uh, with Baggins that started in two thousand nine to represent him. Um, you
0: would think that would have gotten put in writing at some
1: point, then. Right. Well, what happened was in Janu- in this past January, the Abrams Artist Agency they decided not to renew the contract of Zach Baggins' agent, Joe Rose. Well, right. in turn, Zach Baggins then terminated the agreement and stopped paying the commissions to the agency
0: right because he didn't have
1: his agent anymore right so so i guess what they're contending is that he owes the money when he's contending is, well no you fired my agent and i'm not and he's going know. with him right and 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 our agreement had it with my with with you know our agent you know with my agent um so therefore you terminated him that terminates the deal
0: See, the only problem with that whole thing is it's it's implied consent to the agreement if he continued to do the work that the agency placed him in.
1: Well, my whole contention is—
0: That's the only problem with what
1: he's fighting. Well, he may have whole,
0: terminated the agreement, but he did continue to do the work in which they placed him in.
1: But my my thing is, where's the written contract? It's an oral agreement, yeah. so prove it.
0: Yeah, that's the bottom line. It's not in writing, right. so yeah, right. prove it. So uh, I see. Don't the, you know? That's a tough one. I don't know that they're going to win unless Zach like says something that really when, doesn't help his case.
1: Right? Or they ha- or they have the you know agreement on video or something like that or on audio, and then you know can prove it was him. So who the hell knows? You yeah. Know. But it's it's interesting. You interesting. Know? Yeah. yeah very mean,
0: interesting. Hopefully uh, things will pan out in a good way. I, I don't know if Zach has three hundred and five thousand dollars. I mean, he might. I, he, I couldn't couldn't imagine that he didn't. Yeah. But I'm not going to assume. <laughs>
1: according to that, you know, th- there's that website we where you can go find out what celebrities are worth. He's supposed to be worth a, a few million. So,
0: yeah, I'm sure he's got the money. Just I understand. Uh, it, even so, it's almost a uh, principle of the thing right. to fight it. Yep. So, uh, well, whatever. May the best man win on that one. And in our next story. Yes, there was another one. It's uh, Ghost Hunters.
1: Yeah, they were denied. Denied. They were denied access to uh, <laughs> a location. Uh, Connecticut's abandoned uh, oh, Fairfield Hills how could Hospital. How did that
0: happen? Well... The, it's it can happen. Well, yeah, and
1: I, I'm you know People I found are so offended that they're
0: denied. And no, it happens. Well, they,
1: usually it's not made public like this one has been made. You know when when they get it why. to locations. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it came out in the public, but it, the story came out this week that they wanted to um, go to the, the uh, Fairfield uh, Hills Hospital in Connecticut. Right. Um, this building was known for its you know really torturous rehabilitation uh, techniques. They used to do things like frontal lobotomies, electric shock therapy. Um, And it had a a notoriously horrible reputation um, even before paranormal investigators started going in there illegally. Right. Um, You know, and then all kinds of stories came out. The place was shut down in the late 70s because of the mistreatment of patients and whatnot. Um, yeah. And then what happened was after it was shut down, all these stories about, um, again, from less than legal visitors, as the article says, um, reported brushes with a ghostly, uh, woman who wears, you know, in white, um, members of satanic cults being in there. And of course, obviously, you know, confrontations with the local police for these people who were trespassing. Right. Um, now, the show was actually, the, uh, sorry, the location was actually used in MTV's reality show Fear. Oh, and, okay, yeah. Yeah, and what had happened was, after it was used in there, all of a sudden a rash of break ins and trespassing started to take place and vandalism. Well, certainly. They just pointed it out. Right. So, what <laughs> happened? They pointed
0: was, out people are going to go and trespass. That's yeah, so what, what they happened,
1: do. what happened now is the building managers took a vote. And voted not to allow them in because they don't want the... Because
0: uh, they don't want that rash of trespassers again.
1: Right. And what happened was... Well, besides that, too, is that they're actually taking those buildings and converting them, the ones that still remain. Um, and they're really focusing on the bright future of the property. It's it's in the process of transforming the remaining buildings in, into municipal, recreational, cultural, and a commercial center. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, so the whole thing is they don't want, they don't want the negative publicity because they're trying to turn this into something positive. So I can right. understand that, you know? I can understand that. Yeah, I get it. So, again, at the conference, I was talking to some people about how often do they get turned down for locations. And it happens much more than you think. And that's why so many of the shows have used the same locations because, you know, the locations are... Getting harder and harder to get into to begin with, and what they, they they actually talked about this in in the conference they had with Patrick Burns and Jay Waz. They said as it's it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword. As ghost hunting has become much more popular and accepted, mm-hmm. the locations have actually decreased because what is yeah they're locking them down. Well, they're locking them down, but also too a lot of locations realize they can make a lot of money, so they're charging. Where yeah. they they these guys were talking about when they first started in the field that. It was a wild, it was a wild, wild west where you could basically go anywhere you wanted. to. You, all you had to do was talk to a building manager. They'd be like, "Yeah, sure," because they didn't know yep. what was going on. And he said, "It you know, was like that for us too." Well, they were also saying too. In a lot of cases, <laughs> in a lot of cases, these building managers and building owners would be like, "Yeah, well, what were C- Can we just come along? We won't say anything. We just want to see what you're doing." You know, right? And, right, right. and they would tag along because they were curious. They, where now it's become, you know, so commercialized, and and a lot of places because of the vandalism that's taking place. And was, let's face it, one bad one bad apple ruins the barrel. You know, mm-hmm. you know, some people have ruined it for other people who are honest yeah. and doing the right thing. So truly,
0: they have. I mean, even even locally around here, business owners are are hesitant to let anybody in and let anybody know that. That's what you're doing. Right. And that's, and that's because why. They, they actually don't want the publicity in that respect. They don't want anybody to know that they have an issue.
1: Well, it's not it's, it's not only that, too. I mean, a lot of places just don't want the liability of, you know, yes, that you know too. A, of having somebody go in and possibly vandalize and theft and everything else that goes with it. That's why it's really important that um, you do things you, that your group gets a good reputation. You know, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this a million times. You know, that's the thing. Build up that reputation. It's easy to
0: damage just by acting poorly and not respectfully. Right. It's easy to damage that reputation. You can be, you know, the most sensitive medium in the world. You can be the most scientific ghost hunter in the world. If you treat people poorly or don't respect their property and their wishes – you're not going to be respected, and there's going to be problems. Your credibility's shot at that point.
1: Oh, absolutely. Regardless
0: you know. of your practices, you know, if you can't behave like a normal human being and respect people and their things, you're not going to get in. <laughs> you know, and,
1: and you know, I think it just goes to serve, you know, serve lesson to people that if a team that is as well known and has the money to throw around like a TAPS team, you know, right. for television, where the producers can't get you in a place. You know, that mm. says a lot. Don't think you're going to get in everywhere either, you know. Right. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you get Yeah,
0: that's that's the good part about having that public. Right. Is if that you, people will understand, yeah, you, you know what? You can't get mad at somebody if they deny you access. It is their property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> don't
0: and, stomp your feet on the edge of the road and say, well, "Why won't they let me in?" Yeah. Cuz it's it, theirs. They don't have to. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and it just it just does go to show that they're the same as we are.
0: Yes. You know, absolutely. they they struggle yeah, to get in places. People. Yep, they're no better than us.
1: All right. Why don't we take our last break there? Sounds good. All righty. We'll be right back. Are you a god? Hello, kiddies. This is Alice Cooper. Hi, welcome. This is Billy Idol. Hey, this is Meat Loaf. Hey,
0: this is Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. I am Vince. Vince Plortho, Key master of Gozer. Volga Zildro, our lord of the Cebulia. Are you the gatekeeper?
1: Hey, this is Grant Wilson of Ghost Tunders, and you're listening to The Paranormal Pulse. This is The
0: Paranormal Pulse. Welcome back to episode 27 of The Paranormal Pulse podcast. That's Lance Phillip. He's sitting right over there. I'm Chris Bruno, and we've been talking about, obviously, all kinds of paranormal stuff tonight, about Lance's trip to um, Lake George, uh, about who he met there, about um, Zach Baggins, and the ghost hunters in the news. Now that that's all been said, there's one item left that we have not settled since last week, and we may not settle it this week. I'm still kind of up in the air on this, and this is my baby. So I'm asking for everybody's help. We would like to have a music segment. It's going to be somebody who any one of you who have not been signed or have some music that you'd like to share that's your own. And uh, well, just a little bit of exposure. We want to play some good stuff that's coming from right here in the tri-state area. We're in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area. And that we're not going to limit it to that. If you have some great bands in your area that are you know, local bands that play the, the, all of the nightclubs and, and bars and venues in your area, but they're just not signed... I'm not saying we're going to get you a record deal, but man, we'd love to hear your stuff. So let us play it on the air. But, but 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 first and foremost, we need a name for the segment, and I need your help. We've got some ideas. We've got a couple of suggestions that came from a few listeners, and um, and also Lance threw one in there too. We have uh, the suggestion of homegrown. We have the suggestion of paralocal activity. (laughs) We have the suggestion of sounds of the unknown. And lastly, so far, things that go rock in the night. These are the four ideas, four names for the segment that we've been um, offered up by our listeners. Much appreciated. Lance threw one in there, too. We would love to hear more ideas. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I think I need more options. These are the best of the best so far, and they're great, but I want you to be creative. You always have these little catchy phrases in your head, and you know you want to share them with us. Share them with us. We'll see if it works. Why not? Whoever ends up naming the segment gets to be on the show first, which is fun, and, and uh, we can go from there. I don't know. I don't know. Homegrown, paralocal activity, sounds of the unknown, things that go rock in the night. I do have one of those I'm partial to already, but but uh, I know there's more suggestions out there. You you guys just have to reach out and tell us. So uh, hop up on our Facebook page. It's the Paranormal Pulse Podcast. Hit us up through the messaging. Oh, you can send us a PM. You can post right on the page. Whatever you want to do. Any ideas, we'd love to hear them. Um, You also have the option to listen to the Paranormal Pulse podcast and find out if you were the one who was chosen, not next week, but the week after. The 26th of May will be our next show, and we will announce the name of the segment and the first person to be playing on it we'll play it that night so make sure you listen make sure you comment mm-hmm. give us some uh, some ideas I'd love to hear them a, all right uh, I don't know about you well, but I'm we,
1: beat man we are but we have one, I'll just have one more thing to tell. remind everybody about sure don't forget the, uh, the Power Unity Expo the New Jersey Power oh. Unity Expo Yeah,
0: Uh, Unity, You can't forget that. That's the 31st. May,
1: exactly. We're going to be there in the
0: morning, May 31st. Come on out and hang out with us. It's cheap, it's easy, and it's in the coolest building I have yet to see in the art factory.
1: And we'll be doing the show live from there. We have some guests lined up for that. and. Um, there are going to be some. You can actually go ghost hunting that day. There are going to be vendors selling equipment, vendors, uh, psychics doing readings, vendors selling all kinds of things imaginable. You get to you'll get to yep. network with other paranormal teams. Um, you don't know what can come of that. I mean, I, I've networked with some teams and, and what they... Some have, wonderful people. Yeah, absolutely. Made yeah, great there's going to be
0: all kinds of card readers there as well. If you like the, uh, the psychic end of it, they're going to be there doing card readings and, and what have you. And, and it's be- just going to be a really great convention of sorts and and you should just come down and at the art factory look it up
1: yep it's going to be a great time so come and, join and us. you
0: can find information about that on our facebook page as well paranormal pulse podcast
1: and on that <laughs> note now it's finally time to say goodnight. So, oh
0: are you gonna sing us out no not at all <laughs> i i just hear a little like you know like the old 50s shows like uh, yes, when Virgin would... Gracie singing mm-hmm. it, singing everybody out.
1: Yeah, no, 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 if, if, no, no. If I was gonna, no, sing, it doesn't
0: really work with the music segment.
1: <laughs> no, and it, anyway, if I'm singing, it's going to sound more like death metal. So you know, <laughs>
0: that's not singing. All oh, right, oh, wait, out wait, wait, out no, we go.
1: No, no, we'll have a debate on that one day. Absolutely, we will. yes, I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good night, good everybody. Night,
0: everybody. <laughs> Find the Paranormal Pulse Podcast on Facebook at the Paranormal Pulse Podcast. Listen to the Paranormal Pulse Podcast on Roku, Stitcher, Facebook, Blueberry, iTunes, Podbean. It's that simple.